Welcome to the Color and Chaos podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. My name is Jonah Fair, and I'm coming to you from Macomb, Michigan. It's such an honor that you are here, whether you've been here for a while or this is your very first episode. Color and Chaos exists as a cry from the heart that is in the moments of chaos, of pain, of difficulty. In those moments, instead of running away from or numbing ourselves from that pain through our own strength or our own ability or our own wisdom, we can lean into our creator, savior, sustainer, the only one that can make us whole. And through him and him alone, we can find a color in the very same thing that once upon a time we wanted to do nothing else but run away from curse and to numb ourselves from. I know in my life, when I look back, I can see that it's in the moments of chaos. Those were the moments that I didn't just grow as a person, but I also grew in my relationship with my creator, savior, sustainer. So here, let's pray. Lord God, just thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you for another day. As I record this, I hear the birds chirping outside, Lord. Just thank you. Thank you that I'm reminded of life, even in the moments when I wake up and I'm just (laughs) having a lot of thoughts about life. But Lord, just thank you so much that you are faithful. Please be with those that are listening or watching this, Lord, those that right now are just going through some of the most intense seasons of their life. We talked about last week about transitions, Lord, for those that are going through a transition right now, whether they knew they were or whether they just woke up in a transition, no matter where this finds them, Lord, I pray that you meet them where they are and you help us know more about you. Jesus, we look to you. It's in your name we pray and we surrender. Amen. Amen. I wanted to start this episode with a clip from a very famous boxer. You might know Mike Tyson. He had this interview about 11 years ago, and the interviewer is walking into, I assume, Mike Tyson's living room, and right upon a table is all of his championship belts that he earned during his career. I want to play Mike Tyson's response. Look at this stuff. This is history here. Mm. You are are history. This is garbage. I can say I bled for garbage. So this is meaningless. No, at one time it meant a lot. When you're just a young kid, this is everything to you. But then you realize your priorities change. And you just want your children to be happy and do nice things. And that makes you happy. This is nothing. This is just nothing, man. This is just nothing. This is nothing, man. If you just watch the clip, then uh, there's a moment right after he flips the belt where Mike Tyson just like kind of laughs a little bit. And my eyes, I don't know about yours, my eyes were on the reporter of like, oh gosh. And there's something within me that was kind of like, oh man, you know, Mike, don't do that, dude. Like this is valuable, you know? And and I think the reporter at that time kind of went back and said, hey, 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 no, this is history. But there was a sentence in this clip that I just played for you that stood out to me. And this is what Mike Tyson said. He said this, this is garbage. I can say I bled for garbage. This is garbage. I can say I bled for garbage. I had a moment a couple of days ago, and like many of you maybe listening or watching this, I struggle with sleeping at times, and it's very frustrating, especially when you know you have to go into work and you have obligations and responsibilities for the next day. That sleep is so very valuable. And it's one thing to not get sleep if you were planning on not getting sleep, but it's another thing if you were planning on getting sleep, but for some reason your body just says no. 
I told myself recently that if I wake up early, instead of just mindlessly being on my phone, that I would spend time in the Bible. It's like a little vow that I made between me and the Lord of just, Lord, if you wake me up in the morning and I can't go back to bed, then I'm going to spend some time in your word because maybe you're trying to tell me something. And it's very noble. It's just I'm also very human. And that's a very hard vow to follow through with. But there it is, it's four o'clock, I kind of lay there for a little bit, and I try not to sleep with my phone in my room. So I had my phone out here, out by uh, by the window over here as I'm recording. So I go to my phone, and I go back to lay in bed. I have my phone, and there I'm stuck with that moral dilemma of, okay, well, am I going to fulfill the vows that I made to the Lord, or am I going to do what I want to do? And I reluctantly kind of turn on the Bible app. And as I flip open the Bible app, I put on some some like worship in the background uh, through my phone just to kind of just help me be able to kind of focus, even though like my mind and my heart was all over the place. But this was the passage that I was reading. First John chapter two, verse 18. Dear children, the last hour is here. You have heard that the Antichrist is coming and already many such Antichrists have appeared. From this, we know that the last hour has come. These people left our churches, but they never really belonged with us. Otherwise, they would have stayed with us. When they left, it proved that they did not belong with us. But you are not like that, for the Holy One has given you His Spirit. And all of you know the truth. So I'm writing to you not because I don't know the truth, but because you know the difference between truth and lies. And who is a liar? Anyone who says that Jesus is not the Christ, anyone who denies the Father and the Son is an antichrist. Anyone who denies the Son doesn't have the Father either, but anyone who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. So you must remain faithful to what you have been taught from the beginning. If you do, you will remain in fellowship with the Son and the Father. And in this fellowship, we enjoy the eternal life he promised us. Verse 26, it says this, I am writing these things to warn you about those who want to lead you astray. But you have received the Holy Spirit that lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true, for the Spirit teaches you. And as I read that verse, I was just thinking about those that want to lead you astray. I think sometimes we think of external factors that want to lead us astray. But in that moment, I was feeling within me my own desires, my own temptations, my own just desires to numb and to gratify myself was within my heart. And so I was thinking as I was reading that of just this whole reality that it's not just external circumstances that want to lead me astray. It's within me, that within me, I have this desire to do what I want to do when I want to do it, how I want to do it. And in that morning was an example. In that morning, I wanted to do what I wanted to do, how I wanted to do it, when I wanted to do it. And there's a frustration within me for me to try to do something in order to kind of cope with what I felt like I was lacking, which in that moment was sleep. And so I'm in that moment of this dilemma of saying, I, I, I feel these voices, I feel these desires, but at the same time, Lord, I know that in the same presence of this heart that you've given me, I know that within me is your Holy Spirit, and that Spirit was received when I came to you. And so in that moment, I have lies and I have truth. In that moment, I have my desires, my flesh, my brokenness, and my humanity, 
And I also have the Spirit of God, which is faithful to renew and to complete the work that he's begun within me. And that passage really stood out to me, but you have received the Holy Spirit that lives within you, that lives within you. I don't know if I think about that as much as I should. I think about the Holy Spirit on a daily basis, but I don't think about the fact that there's a temple in my heart and the person that is of utmost importance within that temple is Christ and his spirit reigns in this temple and wants to produce a change within this temple in order for me to see and respond to Christ. And whenever I do what I want to do, when I want to do it, how I want to do it, whenever we do that, we are telling the person on the throne to get off the throne because now we are getting on the throne. And there's this war going on, a civil war within our hearts. So in that moment, I knew that the Holy Spirit is wanting to draw something to my attention, to show me something, to teach me something. But also in that moment, I know that I am human and I have the same temptations that each and every one of you guys have. I have the same just rebellious heart. At the same time, I also have longings and desires within me that at times can kind of get a little overwhelming. But I feel like a lot of us have longings and desires within us that we are just like, look, I, I try to shake this, but I can't shake this. And Lord, you know, like if anybody knows, you know, and that desire and that longing within me is to be a husband, to be a father. This is something that I feel like ever since I came to the Lord, it was something that was just like awakened within me back when I was like 17. And ever since then, that has been a big prayer on my heart is that, Lord, I want to be a father. I want to be a husband and I want to have a family. And so as I was there in that passage, I got out of the Bible app and I think I went on social media for a little bit. And then I went on the dating apps that I'm on right now in this season of my life. And so I was on the dating apps as as I was kind of like swiping through the different profiles. I was laying and in my room, I sleep with the blinds open. And before you're just like, Jonah, that's creepy. I sleep with the blinds open. I'm on the third story. And so, yes, I guess somebody can kind of look in from the other third stories of the apartment complexes across the street. But at the same time, I also am just like, all right, like I just want to not feel claustrophobic within this room. But as I was laying there scrolling through the profiles, my face was towards the open blinds, towards the windows within my room. And I noticed past the phone that I was looking at was the open windows, and I saw the night sky. And I had just had this very fleeting moment, a very fleeting moment. It was just like this very quick, 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 quick moment that you can easily just kind of like, huh, but then just dismiss. I had this moment as I was scrolling through the apps. I saw the window. I pivoted my attention from the app to the window, and I noticed that there was a beautiful night sky. And in a very fleeting moment, I just had this desire of, Lord, I'm, I'm here on this app that for one's very discouraging. And for two, Lord, I feel like I'm just like in this funk because I have these longings, I have these desires. But at the same time, Lord, I know enough about you and your word to know that you that you are faithful, that you supply each and everything that we need in each and every season. I mean, we talked about that last week, that Lord, you are faithful, that you supply. And I've had these little, these little fleeting moments of the Lord just telling me, Jonah, be anxious for nothing, but with everything, with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, bring your requests to me. But even though I know that scripture, Philippians 4, 6, that says that, 
I have these moments where I have to apply the scripture that I know into the realities of where I find myself in. And in that moment, it was like the Lord saying, Jonah, 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 remember, remember, remember the truth. And in that just little moment of pivoting my eyes from the screen of my phone that was in front of me to the window of the beautiful night sky that was outside, I had that little moment of just the Lord saying, Jonah, trust me, trust me, put it up and just spend time with me. But also in that moment, I had the very real human moment of pivoting my eyes back to what was originally pivoted off of. And I thought about that later on in the day. I just thought about that whole, just little moment, just very fleeting moment. And I was just thinking about that whole reality that each and every day that the Lord has given us, that we have those moments of pivot. We have those moments where the Holy Spirit, whether you are a follower of Jesus or you're not, there are moments where the Holy Spirit is trying to pivot our eyes off of the things that we are focusing on in order to see something greater, something bigger than what we were focusing on in that moment. And I was thinking about this passage in Psalms 119. And this is what the psalmist says here in the psalm. He says this, verse 33, teach me your decrees, O Lord, and I will keep them to the end. Give me understanding and I will obey your instructions. I will put them into practice with all of my heart. Make me walk along the path of your commands for that is where my happiness is found. Give me an eagerness for your laws rather than a love for money. Turn my eyes from worthless things and give me life through your word. Reassure me of your promise made to those who fear you. Help me abandon my shameful ways for your regulations are good. I long to obey your commandments. Renew my life with your goodness. Renew my life with your goodness. There's a lot of things that stand out to me in this passage to go with that moment, that fleeting moment that I had and that each and every one of us have moment to moment, day by day. Even maybe right now you're listening to this podcast and the Spirit of God has drawn something to your attention, drawn something to your heart. There's a lot of things that stand out to me in this passage, but one thing is verse 37, turn my eyes from worthless things and give me life through your word. Each and every one of us have a longing and a desire for an abundant life, a fulfilling life. And that is why we turn to different things that promise to give us what it is that we are longing for. And when we turn to certain things or even people or promises, when we turn to those things, there's this little prayer, this little anxious prayer within us of, Lord, Lord, May this be it. May this be it. May this fulfill what is longing within me to be filled. In that passage that we read from 1 John, John was saying that it is the Holy Spirit that leads us into truth. And instead of believing lies, that we can believe the truth and the truth will help there be a fellowship between us and Jesus. And when we obey the Holy Spirit, when we submit to the Holy Spirit, and as we follow the truth, and as we seek out the truth through the Holy Spirit that is fulfilled through Jesus, as we do that, we attain that fellowship that we are longing for, that abundancy that we are longing for. And the psalm is pointing towards the fulfillment that the Holy Spirit can bring through surrender to Jesus. And even the other verse right before this that was saying, give me understanding and I will obey your instructions. I will put them into practice with all my heart. Verse 35, make me walk along 
along the paths of your commandments, for that is where my happiness is found. And those moments that we have, those little knee-jerk reactions where the Holy Spirit is at war with our own knee-jerk reactions, our own just flesh and desires and longings and those anxious prayers within us. And those moments where the Holy Spirit in a fleeting moment whispers to us that there is more, that there is greater, that this is not where what we are longing for is found in, but it is found in Jesus. In those moments, there's a holy moment at work. Because the God, the same God that breathed life into you and to me, our God is speaking into our moment, into our brokenness, and he is pointing our hearts, our affections, our longings towards the only place where it can be fulfilled, and that is through his son, through Jesus. And so the psalmist is saying, turn my eyes from worthless things. And I love psalms like this because you see the humanity within the psalmist. You see the humanity within the person that is writing this down. I see myself in this psalm, turn my eyes from worthless things. He's not saying this from a high and lofty place of, oh, I've mastered this. I've perfected this. Yes, turn my eyes from worthless things because I've done this. He's not saying that. He's saying, look, I am struggling. So turn my eyes from worthless things things and give me life through your word. You don't ask for life unless you know and you realize that I don't have it. So I'm asking for what I'm lacking in. The psalmist is saying, I am lacking and I know that you can give what is lacking within me. So instead of looking to other things that promise to fulfill what is lacking within me, I'm going to look to you. I'm going to look to you. Turn my eyes from the lies from the false promises, the deceptions, the spirit of the Antichrist. Turn my eyes from these distractions and place it upon you. I heard this saying long ago, and I can't remember where I heard it from, but it's one that is repeated throughout a lot of my journals. And it's this little phrase, these distractions do not love us. These distractions do not love us. And I am not condemning anyone for turning to dating apps. I'm not condemning anyone for turning to anything to try to help them make it through the night. I'm not, I'm not, that is not my heart because if I was condemning you, then I would have to condemn myself because I am in this mess just like you, just like us. We are in this together. So that is not my heart. My heart is not condemning saying, well, you should be looking Jesus instead of looking these things. I'm not doing that. I'm just saying that I know in that moment of my humanity, in that moment where I had just that fleeting moment, I know that I am not alone. I know that I am not alone. And I know that the same spirit within me that just for a moment pivoted my eyes towards an open window, towards a life in abundance and a freedom that could be found through Jesus. The same spirit that did that to me is the same spirit that does it to you and to all of us each and every day. Whether or not you are a follower of Jesus or you are not, we have a God that as we are breathing, as we are living, as our hearts are beating, he is calling us. He is calling us to a life that is more, a life that is deeper. A life that is more, a life is deeper. Verse 39, he says this, he cries out, he says, help me abandon my shameful ways. Part of asking the Lord to help us abandon shameful ways is acknowledging I have shameful ways for your regulations are good. I long to obey your commandments. Renew my life with your goodness. Renew my life with your goodness. This little phrase right here, there's one word that captures this this one little phrase right here, renew my life with your goodness. Renew my life. That word is revival. 
revival, revive, renew, bring to life, bring to life my life with your goodness. And I'm reminded in that little verse right there, even that word is a prayer that has been on my heart. And I know people in my life that this has been a prayer in their heart as well. Revive, bring to life, renew, renew my life with your goodness. The center of revival is Jesus. The center of revival is Jesus. In this moment, the psalmist is crying out. He's saying, revive my life with your goodness, with your word. Let the life that I feel be found in you. And as we cry out and say, let the life that I feel that I long for renew, awaken that within me. If we are not looking to Jesus, if we're not looking to our God himself, then we will miss the life that we long for. We cannot have revival without Jesus. We can't. Heavy heart, we can't have revival without Jesus. We can't. I can't have what I long for apart from the hand of God. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In the context of this passage, whether we are starving or we have a lot, whether we are lacking or we feel like we are in need, no matter what we are going through, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And he works all things for the good of those that are called according to his purpose. There is a purpose for your life and my life that goes far beyond these longings. But we are going to get trapped in focusing on these worthless things, these worthless longings, if we do not look to Jesus. It is not worthless for me to take time to, to pray and to say, God, <laughs> help, me, help me know if there's anybody in this area that, that you are drawing me to, that you have a plan for us together, for your kingdom. That is not worthless. Whether it's through a dating app or going to an event, that is not worthless. But it is worthless if that is what I am focusing on and neglecting the promptings of the Holy Spirit that is within me, that wants to show me and teach me and take me into a certain direction that I do not feel that it's convenient that I go. Whether or not it's I'm woken up in the morning because I can't go back to sleep and the Holy Spirit wants to do one thing with me, but because of my tiredness and my humanity, I want to do another thing. Whether it's in that moment or if it's in something on a grander scale of me going somewhere or doing something and in that moment having the Holy Spirit pivot me to do something else, but then I fight what it is that he told me to do because it doesn't go with what I want to do or what I had planned to do. It is worthless whenever we put anything above the promptings of the Holy Spirit. And we grow in submitting to the Holy Spirit when we die to ourselves, when we starve this beast within us that wants to do what we want to do when we want to do it. And I am the chief of not starving the beast within me. I'm the first person that will give into those desires that I have, those longings that I have, and go down that route instead of having a be still and know that he is God attitude. I'm the first person to do that. But I'm so grateful that when I do not do those things, that we have a Holy Spirit that is faithful to prompt us, to convict us, to pivot our eyes from worthless things as we surrender and as we invite the Holy Spirit to do what only the Holy Spirit can do. There are good things that we focus on. There are good things that we submit to. There are good things that we pledge allegiance to, but there are better things as well. May my eyes look past these worthless things 
and to see a freedom, to see an abundant life that is so far more than what we can have planned, than what we desire, than what we long for. (laughs) Our God is a faithful father and he knows what it is that we feel like we lack. But may we not be at war with the spirit that wants to produce produce a fulfillment within our what we lack and to do all things through himself and not from us doing it through our own means or our own understanding. There is color in the chaos when we let go, when we let go, when we don't pivot back to what the Holy Spirit is trying to pivot us away from. I don't know what blessing I missed out in that moment. I don't, I don't. I know that I want, I want, I want, I want to be filled with the fullness of Christ. There's something else that stands out to me as I'm just meditating on that that little moment, that little pivot moment, that little moment where I, I, there was something greater and I missed it because I was focusing on something that was less. There's something that stands out to me. I've been going through the gospels recently. I've been going through Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John. And there's something that stood out to me about Jesus. And the thing that's been standing out to me is that in the beginning of John, John says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So we know that Jesus was the Word of God made flesh. (laughs) The same Word that spoke throughout the whole Old Testament the same word that spoke through the prophets, the same word that, that spoke and, and pivoted people's lives in crazy ways, produced a hope when there was no hope, produced a, 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 a peace when there was no peace, produced a courage when there was no courage. That same word became flesh and dwelt among us. And throughout the gospels, you see the word of God, Jesus, at clash with the systems and the theologies of, of the people, of the Jewish people, of his own people. But something I've been thinking about is found in John chapter two, where Jesus goes into the temple in Jerusalem. And there's a lot going on. And just for the sake of time, there was just a lot of corruption that was going on within the temple. There's a lot of people that were profiting off of the Jewish laws, profiting off of other people. And Jesus goes into the temple, and it's a very famous passage. Jesus goes into the temple. He flips the tables. He flips the currencies, and they go all over the place. And he gets a whip, and he starts whipping the people out of the temple. He starts driving them out. And then this is what it says in John chapter 2, verse 17. Then his disciples remembered this prophecy from Scripture. Passion for God's house will consume me. Talking about prophesying towards Christ. Verse 18, but the Jewish leaders demanded, what are you doing? If God gave you authority to do this, show us a miraculous sign to prove it. All right, Jesus replied, destroy this temple and in three days, I'll rise it up. What? They exclaimed. It has taken 46 years to build this temple and you can rebuild it in three days. But when Jesus said this temple, he meant his own body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered he had said this, and they believed both the scriptures and what Jesus had said. So here's the word of God speaking to us. And in the moment, us, we, we did not understand what the word coming out of the word of God's mouth was saying. 
We did not understand it. We thought one thing, but the Lord was saying something completely different. And one thing that stood out to me, even in this passage alone, is that, okay, God, you are the God over language. You don't waste any word. (laughs) Jesus did not waste a word. Every word that he said was purposeful, was intentional, was straight to the heart. It wasn't layered in fluff. It wasn't layered in in pride or pomp. It was completely etched in 100% of God himself. The same word that became flesh was now speaking to flesh. (laughs) And so I was just thinking about those moments where we don't necessarily understand what God is doing or what God is saying. The problem is not with God. The problem is with us. The problem is that we cannot understand what he is saying. And what it takes is the spirit of God, us submitting and humbling ourselves, saying, Lord, I don't understand this season I'm in. I don't understand what is going on. I don't understand my own longings, my own desires. I don't understand why I'm reaching for meaningless things or worthless things. I don't understand, Lord, why my eyes are on things that are not not the best that you have planned for me. God, I don't understand these things, but Lord, I know that it's not you. It's not your fault that that I am struggling here. The problem is that with me, Lord, help me not fight you. Help me, Lord, align me with an understanding that is not found in anywhere else but you. Help me understand through just knowing you, May that be enough, even if I don't fully wrap my head around what you're saying, even if I don't fully understand, wrap my head around the season of life that that I find myself in. Lord, help me at least just have a little sliver of you because a little is enough. A little pivot of my eyes off my phone to a window was enough to break me out of the lies and the deception of the enemy and the and the longings within me to be God, to do and to perform and to fulfill what, what the lies are saying that I can, but in reality, I can't. I can't. I'm completely dependent on Christ. We are completely dependent on Christ. We are little kids trying to figure this out. In the moment, they completely misunderstood the Lord, but in God's timing, they understood, but they could not understand unless they had that humility of the heart to say, okay, this sounds like one thing, but I'm, I, I know enough about you, Jesus, to know that, that, that okay, this, this doesn't make sense. And, and as I get to know you, I'll understand what you are saying. I'll understand what is at work right now that I am not understanding in the moment. Another thing that stood out to me is in John chapter three, that Jesus is speaking to the Pharisee, one of those religious leaders that moments ago in this gospel, moments ago, these religious leaders were completely thinking that Jesus was literally talking about destroying the temple. And they completely saw that as completely against God. They, they saw Jesus as a demon. And one of the religious leaders, I don't know if that religious leader was present within chapter two in that moment where Jesus is talking about knocking down the temple, but a religious leader named Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night and he starts talking to Jesus saying, look, I know that you're from God. Talk to me plainly. Help me understand these things. And as Jesus is speaking to him, there's a verse right here in, in verse 34, John three thirty four says this, For he is sent by God, and he speaks God's word, 
For God gives him the spirit without limit. Verse 35, the father loves the son and has put everything into his hand. And anyone who believes in God's son has eternal life. Anyone who does not obey the son will never experience eternal life, but remain under God's angry judgment. And that judgment is because of our sin. The one that you are longing for, that you are speaking to, he is God over all words. And this God can produce eternal life and a righteousness within you that cannot come from yourself. Verse 34, for he is sent by God. He speaks God's words. May we, may we, even when we don't understand what's going on, may we pivot away from what we think, our words, our logic, our understanding. May we start to pivot away from that and pivot towards his word. Let his spirit produce that truth. Let his spirit lead us into that righteousness. Let his spirit produce within us a, a more solidified view of himself. May we have a love and compassion that comes from his word. May we have a joy and a, and a satisfaction and fulfillment through his word. May we find what we are lacking today in Jesus. And may we know that, Lord, you have a plan and purpose that goes far beyond anything this world can offer. I wanted to end with Matthew 6, 33. In that verse, Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and he will give you all that you need. Heavy hearts, may we know that God, you give us everything that we need as we look to you. Revival is not a moment, revival is Jesus. Lord, we are looking to you to produce the life, the abundancy, the fulfillment that we are lacking today. Pivot our eyes off of worthless things so that we can find a happiness and a joy and a peace and a comfort that can only come through you, not through our external circumstances. Lord, help me not listen to the lies as that passage in First John said. Help me not listen to the lies, the spirit of the Antichrist, the, the, the same lies that do not put you as first. Help me not listen to myself, but help me listen to your spirit that is leading me into a, a better understanding of you through your word. Lord, I don't want to just settle for things that are less. I bled for garbage. We bleed for garbage when we fail to submit when we fail to pivot. Like Mike Tyson, one day, one day we'll stand out over our life's work. And I don't want to flip over that table and say, it's all worthless. I bled for garbage. <laughs> Heavy heart, that is not the desire of our God. He created us for abundancy. And that, that, that abundancy could be found as we look over everything on our table and we say, Lord, it is all for you. It is all for you. You are the only one that is worthy of me spending my time, my life, my energy on. God, help me. God, help me. Jesus, help us not bleed for things that are worthless. Worthless, Lord. Show us what is of utmost priority and worth in our lives. Lord, help us not get to the end of our life or the end of our day or the end of our car ride and just settle for all of the things that are on the table itself. But help us see something greater. Help us see the freedom through that open sky that is found through you, submission to you, having you at the center of everything, even the good things in our life, God. Be the focus. Be the freedom, Lord, that we long for. 
Lord, may every other good thing submit to you with us having a heart of submission to you. Lord, we want to follow after you. We want to look to you. We want to reflect you. God, we want to be obedient. God, we want to have a joy, a peace, a freedom, a love, a passion that can be found through you and centered in you. And it's through you that everything else flows from. Lord, filter our affections. These distractions do not love us. These distractions do not love me. God, we want to be focused on you. We need you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray and we surrender. Amen. Amen. I mentioned that I was listening to music as I was reading the, the Bible there in my bed uh, a couple nights ago. And there was a song that was on. And the name of the song is Time's Not Wasted. And I, I feel like the Lord used the song along with the verse, along with my eyes pivoting off of the phone to the window and seeing the open skies and, and knowing that there was an invitation, a holy moment, a invitation between my God and myself for, for something more than what I was settling on. In that moment, I feel like the Lord used all of that in order to, to help me have that, that little fleeting moment that I shared on this episode. But there's a line in the song, time's not wasted when it's wasted on you. Time's not wasted when it's wasted on you. And the you that he's talking about is not uh, a spouse. The, the you he's talking about is not a child, is not a lover, is not somebody of importance here on this planet. It's not that. The you that he's talking about is Jesus. And he's saying that time's not wasted when it's wasted on Jesus. And I pray that this song will minister to you as it is ministering to me and as it ministered to me in that moment especially. So Heavy Heart, you are not alone. Time is not wasted when it's wasted on the one who gave it. Time's not wasted when it's wasted on you. Upon me, I'm hanging on air.